Well, good morning. Man, you're a lot more awake than the first hour. That was awesome. <laughs> Great to see each one of you on this misty kind of rainy morning, and I'm glad to see you and glad that you came out this morning. Uh, please take a moment as we get started to find, like always, your worship outline. And if you have a basket of pins underneath your chair there in the aisle, just make sure your row has a pin they can write with and take some notes with today. And go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, uh, or dial it up on your phone, Matthew 6, verse 12, and I'll be there in just a moment. Well, today we're going to continue this brand new series we just started called Uncomfortable. And there are a lot of things in life that make us uncomfortable, but if you've missed the last two messages, you can go online and catch up. Just go to Canyon Hills Friends and uh, catch up on the first two messages because this series that we're looking at, we're looking at some things that make us extremely uncomfortable, like trusting God when things don't go well like obeying God when it's really, really tough. And today we're going to talk about forgiving, forgiving other people. We're looking at some things that make us extremely uncomfortable, but there are also some things that God is calling us as His kids, His children, His followers to do here on earth. And one of those things He calls us to do is this thing called forgive others. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, most of us, like the kids we just saw in the video, most of us parents, man, we make a big deal about teaching our kids to forgive others who hurt them, right? We make a big deal about training them to do that. And most of us know that God expects all of us, our kids and us, to forgive those who have sinned against us, those who have hurt us, sometimes in extremely great ways. He calls us all to do that. But sometimes we parents who've trained our kids to do that, we don't do it so very well. Amen? Come on, say amen, church. Let's be honest as we go here. But the Bible tells us, and Jesus tells us, this is what we're to pray. Take a look at this. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. But that's extremely hard to do at times. Extremely uncomfortable to do. And yet we want our kids to do it. And you know what? God wants us, his kids, to do it. And that's what he's calling us to model and what he's calling us to do. And so you and I, we want God to forgive us, but others want us to forgive them. None of us are perfect, and we all blow it at times. And others want us to forgive them. Now, forgiveness is that unearned kindness that you get from God. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is that unearned kindness that others desire to get from you. So write this down as we begin. Listen, it's only because of God's mercy that you are forgiven, that I am forgiven. It's only because of his mercy that we are forgiven at all. But before God ever created you, he had already decided to give you mercy and to forgive you. He made that decision. And that is the greatest gift that you could ever, ever, ever be given. Forgiveness for everything you and I have ever done by almighty, holy, eternal God. What a gift. That gift guarantees you a fresh start with God. It guarantees you a clean slate with God. It guarantees you the debt that you owe has been paid by Jesus Christ. It guarantees you that you have a release from the penalty that you deserve, 
which is the punishment for your sins in hell forever. It's a release from that. That gift of forgiveness from Almighty God, folks, is better than a $10 billion inheritance. Amen? (laughs) That is far better than a cure for every disease on this planet because that gift makes it possible for you to spend eternity in a place where there is no more sickness, in a place where you'll never have a want for anything. God's gift is amazing. And so if you've confessed your sin, if you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and come live in you as your Savior and your Lord, He has mercy upon you and He forgives you for all sin. Write down these biblical truths. A biblical truth, number one, is this. God wants to forgive you. He chose to forgive you before you were ever born. But understand, he didn't have to. (laughs) No one could force God to forgive you. He chose to do it. The Bible says this about God. You are a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and full of love and mercy. God wants to forgive you. He's always ready to forgive you. The Bible's telling us He's full of love for you. He wants to show you that He is a God of mercy and love and forgiveness. The Bible says about God, You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. When you blow it, delight from God says, I want to forgive you. He delights in giving forgiveness. Now imagine this. If God had a cell phone in heaven, okay, can you imagine that? If God had a cell phone in heaven and he pulls up the camera part and he goes to his favorite photos that he's saved of your life, okay? God is looking at that camera and he's looking at your, his favorite photos and he looks at when he goes, I remember that day. That was a really great day. That was the day when he or she confessed their sin and I got to forgive them. Wow, that was a great day. You see, God remembers all. He sees all. And he remembers all. And God delights in giving you forgiveness. Another biblical truth is this. God freely forgives you. In fact, God's forgiveness is a gift that he's not only chosen to give you, but on the other hand, it's a gift that you can't earn. It's a gift you can't buy. But it is a gift that you can reach out and receive. God, I come to you. I confess that I've blown it. And God's response is to freely forgive you. The Bible says this, all of us have sinned. Have you learned that yet? Amen. (laughs) All of us have sinned. Yet now God declares us, look at this, not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ who freely takes away our sins. Forgiveness is God's gift to you. It doesn't cost you anything. But we need to also understand it cost God everything. It cost Jesus everything. Jesus paid this exorbitant price. He paid a price that you could never pay. You could give your life for somebody else's life, but your life never would have paid for one person's sins, let alone the sins of the world. It's only the sinless life of Jesus Christ. It's only the holy blood 
of Jesus Christ that was acceptable to God the Father to pay for the sins of the whole world. And then Jesus says, all who come to me, all who put their trust in me to forgive their sins will be forgiven and saved from eternal punishment in hell. So the question this morning is this, what would keep anyone from accepting that kind of gift from God? That kind of forgiveness, what would keep anybody from doing that? Well, maybe some people feel or believe that God just wouldn't do that. I mean, how could a holy God look at my life and do that? How could he freely give me forgiveness for all the sinful things I've done? Or, or maybe some people just don't think they deserve it. That they don't deserve God to forgive the amount or the length or the number of their badness. How could God do that? But listen to what the Bible says. For he, God the Father has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus, who purchased our freedom, and here it is, and forgave our sins. And all the church said, amen. amen. That, that means that you and I can stop letting our past haunt us, letting our past shame us, letting our past hinder us, that means you can start enjoying the gift of forgiveness that God has given you. And once again, amen? amen? We can enjoy that gift. Another biblical truth is this. God immediately forgives you. There is no sin, no matter how bad it is, that God will not immediately forgive you when you confess it from your heart and you turn from it. There will never be a time when God says, oh, wait, wait a minute. That one was so bad. Let me think about that. <laughs> I, I can't forgive that one. Let me think. No, there's, there's never a time like that. Never a time. The Bible says this. Look, God is merciful and quick to forgive. So when you sin, God's Holy Spirit will convict you. God's Holy Spirit will make you feel guilty. And that will hopefully cause you to confess it sincerely from your heart. And then turn from it and ask for forgiveness. But I want you to know when you do that, the second you do that, you are forgiven by God. Immediately. You know, when you feel guilty, it's kind of like a warning light that appears in your car. And when that light comes on, it's telling you that something is wrong. That something needs to be fixed and not ignored. And it's the same way with guilt. When the Holy Spirit convicts you and you become full of guilt, figure out what's wrong and determine in your heart and mind to confess it and your God will forgive it. Amen? Amen? He will forgive it. Another biblical truth is this. God will completely forgive you. Absolutely. Fully. Totally. There's no part of you or your sin that's not forgiven. God doesn't hold anything over your head. He forgives it all. The Bible says this, God forgave, look, all your sins. And look at this, he canceled the record. There's no record left. And everybody said, amen. <laughs> There's no record left that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. And as we know, Christ then paid for them all. Amen. Whew, I'm getting excited, aren't you? That's exciting stuff. 
So listen, if, if you've asked Christ to forgive your sins, come into your life as saving your Lord, He has completely forgiven you for past, present, and even future sins. He knows we're not perfect. And so when you do fall to a temptation, when you do sin, God wants you to just get on your knees, confess it, accept His forgiveness, and then turn from it and move past it and don't return to it. Listen, because of God's mercy, you have been forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but at this point in the message, we could just stop right here and go home and feel really encouraged. Amen? But I'm not going to. I got more. Okay? Just a little bit more. Because we can't stop here. Because God has called those he has forgiven to now model his forgiveness to the world. To now, in his place, offer his forgiveness to the rest of the world. Jesus said, if you forgive other people... When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Everybody say, that's heavy, man. (laughs) That's heavy. God is serious about us giving the same kind of forgiveness to other people who've hurt us as He has given to you and me. He wants us to model forgiveness. He wants us to offer forgiveness. We are His ambassadors showing the way to God. Forgiveness is a two-way street. You can't receive what you're unwilling to give. I'm going to say that again. You can't receive what you are unwilling to give. So God is calling us. He's commanding us to be forgivers. Because of God's mercy, you've been forgiven. But write this down. Because of your mercy, others are forgiven. I want to tell you a story. In 1956, five American missionaries headed to the rainforest in the Amazon, in the country of Ecuador. They were making their second visit to the most violent tribe on the earth, to the tribe who had a culture of killing. They were visiting there in the Amazon, a people group where 60% of their own tribe died by homicide. And as they arrived for their second visit, thinking all would be fine, When they stepped out of the plane, these men were speared to death by the members of the tribe. All five. Their brutal murders made news around the world. Two of those men were Nate Saint and Jim Elliott. But listen to this. Just a couple years after their deaths, the wife and daughter of Jim Elliott and the sister of Nate Saint flew to that same village. And they moved into that same village to live with the same people who had murdered their loved ones. They moved there to model forgiveness, the forgiveness of God, that they had received personally from God for their sins. And they moved there to offer them the same forgiveness that they had received from God. Everybody say, wow, with me. A mother and a daughter and a sister, they didn't know when they opened that plane door that they would not be speared as well. But listen to this. Eventually, the same tribal leader and the five men who had murdered their loved ones, Jim and Nate, became Christians. They accepted God and His forgiveness. Because of the forgiveness of the wife and the daughter and the sister, 
they found Christ. Now, what did these hurting family members, what did they have to do for that to happen? Three things. First of all, they had to relinquish their right to get even. Man, when somebody hurts you, what do you want to do? (laughs) Man, you somehow want to get even. But look at what the Bible says. It says, don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. Leave it up to God. If something is needed, he'll take care of it, and he'll do a far better job than you could ever do. The second thing they did, they responded to evil with good. The Bible says this, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That's what they did. Third thing they did, they rescued others with the good news of God's forgiveness. The Bible says this, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. And he has given us, look at this, the work of making peace between himself and others. What we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world, and He has given us now the work of sharing His message about peace. Showing others the same mercy and forgiveness that we have received is a part of the work that God has called you and me to do. So here are four truths as we get ready to close this morning. Write these down. Forgiveness is not conditional. Big truth. Forgiveness is not conditional. You are, not to, you are to give forgiveness whether they ask for it or not. You are to give it even if they continue to act badly toward you or not. It's not conditional. You just give it. The Bible says this, Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as Christ forgave you. In other words, like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just forgive them. Get in the presence of God. Feel the pain. And in the midst of the pain, choose to lift them to God and forgive them. Next, forgiveness is not forgetting. I mean, when you forgive, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to forget what they've done to you, what they've said about you. You see, God has not given you and me the ability to forget. God has that ability He can cancel our record and remember it no more, but He hasn't given us that ability. Sometimes people say, just forget about it. (laughs) But you can't. You still have the memory of the hurt. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Even the Apostle Paul wrote about a guy who hurt him. Take a look at this. Alexander, the the metal worker, did a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So Paul forgave him, and yet he turned him over to God to repay. But he didn't forget what the man had done to him. But he also warned others about this man. Forgiveness is not conditional. It's not forgetting. Then write this down. Forgiveness is not trusting. The person who hurts you, you don't have to trust that person, but you do have to forgive them. You don't have to be best buddies with them, but you do have to forgive them. Paul says you too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So Paul says, man, this this guy's out to do harm. I forgive him. I I released him to God and God's going to take care of him. But watch out. You don't have to trust them. Now, trust can be rebuilt, but it takes time. It takes work. 
So forgiveness is not conditional. No matter what they do, forgive. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You can't, but forgive. Forgiveness is not trusting. You don't have to, but forgive. Here's what forgiveness is. Write this down. Forgiveness is releasing. Forgiveness is releasing them. True forgiveness is releasing or setting free the person who hurt you. Instead of you trying to repay them for their wrong, you release them to God. Instead of you trying to repay them for their wrong, you turn them over to God because God knows what they need. God knows how to best deal with them better than you do. If they need discipline, God knows exactly what kind they need. He knows exactly how much they need to help wake them up and help them change and draw closer to Him. God knows all of that. And He loves them so much, He's going to work on them and try to bring them around just like He worked on you and me and tried to bring us around. Amen? And so we, we release them to God. And when you do that, when you offer them forgiveness, God then begins to go to work in their hearts. Just like He began to work in the hearts of the men who murdered the missionaries. You can lead people to God by offering them forgiveness. Now, offering forgiveness is never easy. It's, it's uncomfortable. But it's what God has done for you. And it's part of the work He's calling you and me to do. The Bible says this, Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. I'll tell you a little story as I close about me and my dad. Um, growing up, uh, my dad was from a culture and a time when he never said, I love you, never said, I'm proud of you. And uh, early in my life in ministry, I was highly involved in music, as I've shared before. And uh, my dad always put a butt on things. Um, you know, he never said, I love you or I'm proud of you, but we'd get done with the concert or get finished, finished doing some service we had done in some church or camp somewhere. And Dad showed me that he loved me in lots and lots of ways, but he just never said those words. And he'd say, well, son, um, uh, yeah, it was a good night and everything, but... <laughs> and there was always a but attached. And so I, I grew up feeling like I could never quite reach my dad's approval. And that carried over into my adult life. And um, when Shirley and I moved to East Whittier Friends to take on our first senior pastorate, man, I was working hard. And I was working hard for God, of course. But then there came a time when I burned out. Emotionally, physically, uh, just burned out. And panic attacks set in and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't figure it out. And so I went to a psychologist. I went to a Christian counselor. And I said, I can't put my finger on this. I'm working for God, and what's going on? And it became apparent over a period of time that I was, yes, I was working for God, but I was also working to get my dad's approval. And I was wanting to come to a place where I'd hear him say, I love you, and you did good. You're doing good. I'm proud of you. And that never came. I came to that place one day where I finally said, God, I know how my dad grew up, and I know he probably didn't ever hear that, but God, I'm going to release him to you. 
I'm going to forgive him. And so I, I forgave him and I released him to God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it was just a matter of days. Just a matter of days. My dad knew nothing about this. He knew nothing that I was going through. A matter of days, we had our normal mom-dad phone call. We called each other every Sunday. And at the end of the call, Dad said, Son, I love you. And I'm so proud of you. You see, when I released him to God, that released God to work on him. And I can't tell you what that moment meant to me. You see, God works on us first. He works on our character first. And once we do what God wants us to do, then He's free to go and work on those other folks. And so when you release somebody to God, when you model the forgiveness that God has called us to do, you're releasing God to work in huge ways in other people's lives. That's just a small example. And Maybe you grew up that way. Maybe you never heard your mom or dad say, I love you and I'm so proud of you. It made all the difference to me. But it didn't happen until I released him and forgave him. And then God dealt with him. All God's people said, amen. amen. Listen, because of God's mercy, you are forgiven. And we need to go and leave this place and rejoice in that. But it's because of your mercy that others are forgiven. Let's show forgiveness. As we close this morning, the question is, who is it that you need to forgive and it may be somebody from your childhood. It may be a parent. But who do you need to forgive? Who has you all tangled up with roots of bitterness and anger? And it's still there. Kim is going to sing a song from her own life and about getting untangled by forgiving. And so I want to encourage you if God brings a name to mind as Kim sings, would, would you just choose today as I come back and lead you through a prayer, would you choose to let this be the day that you release them, that you forgive them, that you do what God has called you to do? Let's be a forgiver. Listen to this. I step into the garden of my soul The landscape isn't what I'd want to call my home The streams are dry and the pastures overgrow And I Rebellion, anger, and now the 
bow your heads with me. And if God has brought a name to your heart and mind, would you just repeat this prayer in your heart? You say, Father God, I just want to thank you for the forgiveness you've given me. But I choose today to offer forgiveness to those who've hurt me. I choose right now to forgive and then just insert that name or those names right there. I choose right now to forgive and I release them to you. Father, it thrills my heart that as we do this, we not only grow and we not only get free, untangled from the anger and the bitterness, knowing that you're going forward and taking care of things that we just can't do. When we release people, you go to work on their hearts. So God, I just pray that 
we can leave with that understanding that we are forgiven. But as we forgive, you go to work. You change others' lives as well. So, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your patience with us. We come to you with all of our hearts and lives today. We fully commit to follow you. We walk out of these doors recommitted to know you better, to serve you better. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's just praise God this morning. You helped me do that this morning. Let's just praise him. Amen. Amen.